the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 62 CP, Bayonet Point, WTBN, Pinellas Park. Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Now, why will the government at that time be so intense on arresting and killing Christians? And why will believers be hated by everyone, by all nations during the tribulation? Because this will be a unique time in history. Note this. At this time in history, God's going to take, at least to some degree, his restraining hands off of Satan. He's going to allow the devil to attack the saints of God in an un paralleled way and he will the devil will attack with a vengeance if the devil is called a roaring lion in this day and age imagine what he will be like during the great tribulation when he has a free hand to do what he wants we must always remember that jesus said greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world Welcome to Verse by Verse. Pastor Steve Kreloff is continuing his in-depth study into the Olivet Discourse in Matthew 24. Open your Bible, if you can, to John chapter 15, verse 18, as Pastor Steve begins our study with some comments on why the world hates Christians. John chapter 15, starting at verse 18, says, If the world hates you, and the thought here isn't that the world might hate you, It might not. It might hate you. If it does, no, the thought here is since. Since the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because I chose you out of the world, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they'll also persecute you. If they kept my word, they'll keep yours also. He said in chapter 16, verse 1, same setting these things i've spoken to you that they may keep you from stumbling in other words when persecution comes disciples won't be blown away saying we never heard this we didn't think this was going to happen jesus said when it comes you're prepared so you don't stumble but he also said they'll make you outcast from the synagogues for an hour is coming for everyone who who thinks if he kills you that he's offering service to god organized religion will turn against you. And this is exactly what happened. This is what we see in the book of Acts. The book of Acts tells us that when the church was formed on the day of Pentecost, shortly after that, persecution broke out. In chapter 8 of Acts, we read that there was a persecution that arose against the entire church in Jerusalem. Believers scattered everywhere over the Roman Empire, over Israel, preaching the gospel. Shortly after that, The apostle James is killed. He is the first apostle to be martyred. And then right after that, Peter was thrown in prison. And had not the Lord delivered him, he would too have been killed then. And when Paul was converted, he experienced persecution almost everywhere he went. He tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and then chapter 
11, that he was beaten. He was in prison. He tells us that he was whipped on five separate occasions. He was whipped by Jewish religious leaders with 39 lashes. On three separate occasions, he was beaten with rods. Once, he was almost killed by being stoned. And it's not only Christian leaders like James and Peter and Paul who were persecuted in the early church. Average laymen were persecuted. This was a time of persecution. Peter, in his first letter, says in chapter 4, don't be, don't be surprised about the fiery ordeal that's come upon you. They were suffering probably the persecution of Nero against the Christians. In Hebrews chapter 10, the writer says that, that when you were first enlightened, you had your property confiscated. Some of you were thrown in prison. So they were persecuted, folks. That was a time of deep persecution. And over the years, persecution has been a tough reality for Christians. In many countries, to be a Christian will cost them their lives. It hasn't come here yet. It probably will be coming. Persecution is going to continue to be a tough reality for believers in the church age until the church is raptured and all true Christians are caught up to be with the Lord forever in heaven. But what Jesus is saying here in Matthew 24 is that even when the church is physically removed from the world, the world's contempt for those who follow Christ is going to continue. That won't end. But it now will be directed at those who will become Christians during the time of the tribulation. Watch this. Not only will persecution of believers continue during the tribulation years, but what Jesus is teaching in Matthew 24 is that during those years, persecution is going to intensify. It's going to get worse. It's going to increase as Christians will suffer more, more than any other time in history. Now, it's a valid question to ask at this point is why does the world hate Christians so much? And why are unbelievers so determined to persecute believers, especially during the tribulation period? I mean, you think they should have more on their minds. The world is falling apart, but they're going to persecute believers. Well, notice what Jesus spelled out as the reason for this in verse 9 of Matthew 24. He said, you'll be hated by all nations. And note this, because of my name, he's given us the reason. You see, those who don't love the Lord hate the Lord. Nobody is neutral about Christ. You either love him or you hate him. And the world hates Christ with a passion. Why? Because his holiness convicts and reminds and threatens their way of life, which is a life lived in rebellion to his holy standards. And so they they hate Christ and therefore they hate everything that Jesus stands for. Righteousness and purity, godly standards of what's right and what's wrong. Now, obviously, the people of this world cannot do any more physical harm to Christ. We already crucified him once. We can't physically harm him anymore. He's now in heaven. He's in a glorified body. He can't be physically touched. So what does the world do? They come after believers because we remind them of Jesus Christ, at least to some degree. We are constant reminders to them of what they don't want to be reminded of, namely that Jesus has holy standards. So they persecute us. Why? Because Jesus said of his 
name. This is precisely, folks, why the Apostle Paul said in Galatians 6.17, For I bear in my body the brand marks of Jesus. What Paul is saying is these marks of being beaten, probably scars that he had on his upper torso, these marks of being beaten were intended for Jesus Christ. But since nobody can hurt him anymore, I experienced this beating in his place. That's what Paul is saying. And that's true of every Christian who has ever been persecuted for Christ. Now, it may be verbal, the persecution, maybe psychological, it may be emotional, but it may be physical. Whatever form it is taken, it is always because of the world's hatred for Christ. Now, according to what Jesus said in Matthew 24, 9, during the tribulation and pay close attention, there won't simply be random acts of persecution, though no doubt that will take place. But persecution is going to be in the form of some kind of organized official government attack against Christians. Now, why do I say this? Notice what Jesus said. He said, then they will deliver you to tribulation. The Greek word that is translated here, delivered, is a word that was often used in that language to convey an authority taking assertive action against someone. It was used, in other words, in an official capacity. And so what Jesus appears to be saying here is that those who will be alive at the tribulation at that time, some of them are going to be arrested by some official government agency in order to experience tribulation. They will capture you. They will arrest you. They will hand you over officially to tribulation. And the kind of tribulation that the Lord was talking about is that some Christians are going to be arrested and the tribulation is that they will be put to death. They will be murdered for their faith. And those who will not be murdered will be hounded, hounded by hatred coming from everyone all over the world. Notice verse 9 again, then they'll deliver you to tribulation and will kill you. And Jesus said, you'll be hated by all nations. Because of my name, all nations, in other words, everywhere, everywhere you go on the planet, people are going to hate you. No refuge. Now, why will the government at that time be so intent on arresting and killing Christians? And why will believers be hated by everyone, by all nations during the tribulation? Because this will be a unique time in history. Note this. At this time in history, God's going to take, at least to some degree, his restraining hand off of Satan. He's going to allow the devil to attack the saints of God in an unparalleled way. And he will, the devil will attack with a vengeance. At that time, the devil will do his persecuting primarily through the agency of one man. We call him Antichrist. The book of Revelation calls him the beast. This Antichrist will essentially rule the world, meaning that all the governments will come under his power. They'll all be at his disposal. No wonder everyone around the world will hate Christians. Now, as we noted last week, according to Daniel chapter 
9, verse 27. This Antichrist, and this is what kicks off the tribulation, will make some type of a covenant with Israel, with the nation of Israel. I take it it will be a peace treaty. That's what makes most sense. Probably he will promise to protect them for seven years. But we also know from Daniel 9, 27, that during the middle of that seven-year period, three and a half years into the tribulation, the Antichrist will break this covenant with Israel. And at that time, he will show his true colors, his true intentions, his true attitudes by persecuting not only the Jewish nation, but in particular, Jewish Christians. And there'll be many of them at that time. And I say this, if you look at Daniel chapter 7, we looked at Daniel 9, but look at Daniel chapter 7 and notice what we read. Speaking of Antichrist, he will speak out against the Most High, speak out against God verbally, and he will wear down the saints of the highest one. He'll wear them down. He will blaspheme God and he will attack believers. Now, in the book of Revelation, in chapter 12, we learn in a general way that Satan hates the Jewish people. He has always hated the Jewish people because they are precious to God. Anything precious to God, he hates. But in Revelation 12, we learn that Satan will persecute Israel during the tribulation period. However, it's not until Revelation 13 that we learn how he will do that, how he will persecute them. So let me show you this. Revelation chapter 13. This tells us specifically what Satan is going to do in terms of persecuting the Jewish people during the time of the tribulation. Revelation chapter 13. Notice starting in verse 5. There was given to him, that is to Antichrist, a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemies and authority to act for 42 months was given to him. Now, that fits perfectly in the chronology of what we're talking about. 42 months is three and a half years from the midway point of the tribulation for 42 months or three and a half years. He's going to blaspheme God, speak arrogant words, and he's going to act against God's people for three and a half years. Verse six, he opened his mouth in blasphemies against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle. That is those who dwell in heaven. So he will he will curse and blaspheme Christians who are now in heaven. You say, well, big deal. He can't get at them. No. But verse seven says he can get at those who will be on the earth. Believers. It was also given to him to make war with the saints, meaning those who dwell on the earth, believers, and to overcome them, meaning that he's going to be able to attack and kill many of them. And authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation was given to him. So the Antichrist personifies Satan's hatred for God, therefore his contempt for believers. And that will result in tremendous persecution that will last the rest of the tribulation period or 42 months, three and a half years. And his official government policy will be to kill and persecute believers all over the world. That's why Jesus said that you'll be hated by all nations because of my name. Antichrist will have jurisdiction over all nations and it will be officially a crime to be a Christian. Not only a crime, it's going to be a capital offense to be a Christian. Christians will be killed for their faith. Many will be martyred. 
Now, let me just say this. What inevitably happens, this has happened any time persecution takes place, it will be intensified in the tribulation. But inevitably, when persecution of a nature like this takes place, those individuals who claim to know Jesus Christ, but who never have really been converted, are going to stop pretending that they're Christians. Because it's not worth it anymore. It's not worth it. The charade is over. They're not going to die for something they've never really believed in in the first place. They're, They're not going to be persecuted for a cause they don't really care about. So they're going to abandon, and this will take place during the tribulation in intensity, they're going to abandon their phony profession of faith out of self-preservation. That's exactly what Jesus predicts is going to take place in huge numbers during the time of the tribulation. Verse 10. At that time, at that time, what time? The time where Christians will be killed for their faith and persecuted and hated by all nations. At that time, many will fall away. Many will fall away. Fall away from what? Fall away from claiming to know Christ. They're not going to fall away from true faith. They never had it to begin with. They'll fall away from a profession of faith and they will betray one another and hate one another. According to this verse, at the time when Antichrist begins to kill Christians and persecute them, makes it a crime to be a follower of Jesus, many who once professed to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ will fall away from claiming that that's what they believe. That is to say, they'll fall away from pretending to be a follower of Christ. They'll forsake Christianity. They'll forsake him altogether, even to the point, notice, of betraying real Christians to the authorities. They'll betray, Jesus said, one another and hate one another. Now, this type of betrayal is so bad, so bad, That in Mark's gospel accounts of this, we learn that even family members will be betrayed. Listen to how bad it'll get. Mark said in chapter 13, verse 12, you will be hated by all because of my name, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. But the verse before that, we'll look at that later. The verse before that says, brother will betray brother to death. And a father, his child And children will rise up against parents and have them put to death and you'll be betrayed by others. Now, it only makes sense that since being a Christian at that time will be a crime, that believers are going to go into hiding. I mean, it'd be senseless for them not to go into hiding. They'll go into hiding and who better than their own family members to know where they're hiding. And what Jesus is saying is that in many cases... Your own family members are going to expose and reveal to the authorities where you're hiding. Now, I want to stop here for just a few minutes and consider this whole thought about a professing Christian forsaking Christ and turning his back on what he once claimed to believe. Can this actually happen to a Christian? No. However, it can and does happen to many who claim to be Christians, but who are not. See, there, there are many people who, without being converted, are attracted to Christianity for a host of reasons. Many reasons. I can just throw out a few. They're not really saved, but they're in a church, even a healthy church that proclaims the gospel. 
but they're not really saved. But they're attracted to Christianity. Why? Perhaps they think that being associated with Christians and a good local church makes them look good, makes them feel accepted. Many just like the thought of being identified with people who have high moral standards. That's how they were raised, and that's where their comfort zone is. Some, some who are unconverted actually have positions of authority in churches, and they like that. They get no respect in other places, but in the church they get it, and they like it. Still others just grew up in a church, and you know what? That's part of their culture. They wouldn't think of life without a church. Their mom and dad took them to church. Grandma and grandpa were there, took them to church. That's where their family was. That's, that's what they naturally know. That's their culture. Others may be in a church because they think it's good for business. Where better than to make all these contacts? But there comes a point and there comes a time in every professing Christian's life when he or she is faced with the high cost of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. And they have to decide if they are going to pay the price. In other words, he's going to be faced with some type of test, some type of difficulty, that if he follows what Jesus has said in his word, it's going to cost him something very, very dear to him. That is to say that if he is going to really follow Christ as a disciple of Christ, should, it may cost him something. What? It may cost him his spouse. May cost her her spouse. If in following Christ, the spouse says, you know what? I'm out of here. I'm out of here. It may cost you a good relationship with family members. Someone you've been very close to, but they're not going to want to be close to you when you claim to follow Christ. It may cost you your job. It may cost you your reputation among your peers because you can't do those things that they do may cost you your job because they want you to do something that's unethical. It may even cost you your life. It will cost you something. Whatever the cost is, it will reveal the truth about your relationship with Christ. If it's a real relationship, a relationship born out of conversion, then you will be willing to suffer for Jesus no matter what. No matter what. But if it's a fake relationship, if it's an artificial relationship, superficial then you will choose not to suffer at all because Christ is really not your Lord. He never was your Lord. And the difficult test just revealed it. That's all. It just revealed the truth. See, the Bible very clearly teaches that those who are true believers will persevere during the hard tests of life and be true to Christ regardless of the cost. Now, we may have bumps in the road. There may be times where we will as Peter did cowardly deny him, but that's not the general trend of our lives. We will not renounce him. We will persevere through all the hard tests in life. But those who are not true believers will forsake Christ and the gospel at the first hint of a rough test because the cost is just too high for them. While things are going well, they're doing fine. But the first sign of things not going well that it might really cost you something to come to church on a Sunday, they're not coming. They're not going to pretend that they know Christ. They're not willing to pay the cost of being one of his followers. They no longer pretend to do that. They're out of the closet. This is why Scripture speaks so much about continuance and perseverance as a mark of a true disciple. It's not that perseverance makes you a true disciple. 
It's that if you are a true disciple, God has done a supernatural work of regeneration and salvation in your heart. The Holy Spirit indwells you. You've been given a divine nature. You cannot, nor do you want to abandon Christ. You will persevere. Jesus said in John 8.31, If you abide in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. Abide means to continue. It's not a fair weather follower. Abide means to remain. May God grant us all the strength to stand firm for Christ whenever we face persecution in its many forms. Verse by Verse is an outreach ministry of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. This program is made possible by the prayers and gifts of faithful listeners like you. If you have a desire to help continue reaching others with this great Bible teaching, call us at 727-239-0306 and ask about making a contribution. You can also visit our website, versebyverseradio.org, and contribute online. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. That phone number again is 727-239-0306. Our website is versebyverseradio.org, and our mailing address is P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. On our next program, Pastor Steve will discuss the possibility of Christians falling away from the faith. Can it happen? Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.